0: She's passionate about helping you become the best mama you can be and is pulling back the curtain on experts advice for every area of our lives, from eating for wellness, the best advice for littles, fashion and style, and everything in between. Get ready to get real. This is Not Your Mama's Podcast with your host, Christina Franci. hey friends welcome to this week's episode of not your mama's podcast the title of this episode is autism resources and consulting and i am so excited and honored to have board certified behavior analyst andrea matthews on um she is the co-founder of family framing autism resources and consulting and we are so honored to have you on um andrea so before we get started what got you interested or started in the autism field and business
1: oh my gosh thank you so much for having me on i'm excited to talk to you and and your wonderful followers um what got me started so honestly i was in i was in my undergrad work and i think that i at that time i wanted to be a therapist or a social worker or something and i wanted to get through school faster and so i was looking for a paid internship opportunity and i and i had no idea what applied behavior analysis was. I had no idea about autism. I, I had no family members at the time that had a diagnosis or anything. And I ended up finding this opportunity. And I remember like the first day that uh, I came in for work and I I started um, learning about the therapy, learning about how it was helpful for, you know, Gaining this skill, and oh, we're teaching these words, and all of these, all of these wonderful, wonderful things. And I fell in love with it right away, and I started to see the changes in myself and the way that I was treating uh, people who were having difficulties often during the day, and how compassionate that. That made me as an individual and how much more understanding I had. And then I finally started to like be able to see and understand their personalities as the challenging behavior went down because we were helping them find better methods to be able to communicate and get their needs met. And so they weren't needing to have the challenging behaviors that, that had just become part of, of who they were, um, when they had started services. And, um, that was, like addicting to me. So I finished up my, I went to grad school. I became a board certified behavior analyst, but there was something still missing. Um, I feel like ABA is like wonderful in so many ways, and it can be so, so helpful. But one of the chinks in the armor currently is there's just not enough focus, um, helping parents and training parents to get the same effect at home, Mm -hmm. um, to be able to do the same things that we're training all of our our therapists that are doing amazing work and helping children be happier, not more distressed and, and sadder. And there are so many parents out there who are feeling lost and overwhelmed. And you can see it like in, in Facebook groups and on Instagram of like, Oh, my child is doing this, or they're hurting themselves because these things are happening. How, how can I help them? How can I stop these things from happening? How can I, uh, support them? How can I, uh, what should I expect? How can I get services? Where can I find help? And I I feel like there's just that, there's that element there where if we strengthened the parents, Mm -hmm. everyone in that, that child's community would, be more successful right away. And, and so that's why I started family framing autism, um, resources and consulting, because I just wanted to focus on what the parents needed, um, whether yeah. their child was in ABA or maybe you're against ABA, or maybe you're in occupational therapy
0: or speech what therapy is or whatever. Can people. you break that down? Cause I'm unfamiliar. Yeah. What is ABA?
1: Yeah. ABA. So it stands for applied behavior analysis. And okay. essentially what it is, is is it takes behavioral sciences, um, that, and there's a lot of history of, of all of the science of, of different things. And it takes, you know, how can we manipulate the environment to create different behaviors? Mm -hmm. So how, so it's a lot of like, okay, we know that there's a certain reaction when this thing happens in the environment. So can we remove that blockage or can we teach that that blockage is okay, and this is how we react to it appropriately? You know, things like maybe if they hear uh, no, that they can't have something uh, that's, you know, even for a typical children, that is something that's really Very difficult. reactive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so that's something that we might not be able to remove, because unfortunately, it's part of life that we're going to hear no, even as an adult, I hear it all the time. I don't love it, but I'm, I'm able to handle that and I'm able to problem solve around those situations. And so being able to manipulate the environment around uh, the child to be able to safely teach them how to react to no without engaging in really big, possibly dangerous problem behavior is just one example of, of ways that applied behavior analysis can be used. Sometimes what you find with the autism community is, it's not a learning disability so much as they just need to be taught in different ways. They just need the environment to be a little bit more cut and clear Mm -hmm. to make the understanding of how to manipulate their own environment to get what they, to get their needs met more obvious to them. And once they see, they see that, oh, you know, all I need to do is just go up and give this little picture to my mom and she's going to give me my My favorite drink or whatever. We don't need to engage in any of the problem behavior. We don't need to hurt ourselves. We don't need to hurt anyone else because now we have a way we've, we've created an environment where that individual understands this is how I get my needs met and it's reliable and I understand it. Um, so I, I find that that's, that's different sometimes for them versus children who will just pick up on social cues automatically.
0: Yeah. So what is your approach to coaching parents and families with autistic children?
1: Yeah. So um we use a two two-fold approach. So obviously we're focusing on, you know, making protocols that fit their family, that fit their their child's needs. So I'm obviously, you know, going to have that tailor-made to what their needs are, you know. Okay, we're working on a morning routine so we can get to school on time without having a massive World War 3 blow up about it or or whatever. And so we'll, you know, it will create and we'll train how we're going to get that done and how we're going to meet those goals. Um, And then I'll meet with them and we'll, we'll talk about these things and any problems that they might be having. But also something that I find is, is really important. and Sometimes something that can really block parents from being successful or being able to, to start these things is the mindset work that's required to be able to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and making sure that you have you know, I and, and I, I, we can talk about that this a little later, but I've had so many experiences where I'm explaining something, okay, we want to get this done. And I can tell in their face that they're like, okay, this sounds like something I should be able to do. But the feelings of overwhelm or, um, you know, maybe they're feeling discouraged or maybe they're afraid or whatever it is and those feelings the thoughts that they're having about whatever it is that they're going through with their child uh, are so overwhelming that they're not able to actually like move forward in these in these things and so i find that both of those things are extremely necessary and that's something that you might not find with the typical aba or speech or mm-hmm. or occupational therapy where somebody's willing to like okay but let's go through like what things are you feeling let's make sure that this is all out let's let's manage our minds around this because if we're not managing our minds then there's no way that we can fight that battle inside of ourselves while we're while we're trying to uh, correct or or change challenging behavior for your child that's too much it's too hard so taking care of both of those friends is really important
0: Yeah, I think it must be mentally exhausting, you know, trying to do the routine. And then you see like failures in the routine and keep going and going. And, you know, sometimes you just like you just want to give up, but then you still have to keep going. And it's like it, it really is like mentally taxing. I'm totally. Yeah.
1: Absolutely, really absolutely.
0: So, so it's nice yeah. to have someone like you to help them, you know, keep their their mind right, like keep them on track and like and to not give up because I can see even with like you know, kids that you know aren't autistic, sometimes you feel like giving up because it's hard, <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> like, yeah <I> <laughs> absolutely,
1: yes, yeah, absolutely and and that's totally understandable. It's totally understandable, but we can't stay there forever you know, our our children need us, our our children need us. So that's not a, that's
0: not a possibility forever. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, no, totally. Um, so, um, I would love to hear like a recent success story that you've had.
1: Um, I, I think that right along with this, this was something that really like, oh my gosh, like mindset really is so important, but I was having a conversation and, um, so there are some statistics out there that like if you have a child with autism the chances of your marriage uh having difficulties and that marriage failing are much higher than the typical rate um at least in the united states and um this i was working with this couple this this um husband this wife and um she was uh, talking about you know oh you know he's working three jobs and he's so busy but he never he never helps with uh, him and I'm having to do all of the work with this, and I um, had a moment, and I just had an inkling of like, there's something else going on, and he, he literally said, well, I don't feel like I can engage with him and play with him like that because he just hates me, and I was like immediately, I was like, oh my goodness, like of course, you feel like you can't help your son. Of course, you feel like you're not making a difference. Of course, you feel like there's blockage there. And there's a barrier there between you being able to support your son and, and help him. Because you feel like based on how you're reading his behaviors and the difficulties that he's having, that he hates you. And so there was a situation and I had to sit there and I had to go through the mind work with him. And I had to like, okay, like, let's talk about your son here. Let's, let's talk about, and, and he was able to, to come out of that and be like, I I understand that my son likes things done a certain way. And he he was, what, what was happening is um, this child was liking things done, uh, certain routines done with the help of mom. And so when dad would do it, because mom was out of the house for a day or like whatever, because dad was so busy, usually we were seeing more problem behavior. And dad was taking that upon himself as like, my son just hates me. He wants nothing to do with me. And I had to sit there and I was like, okay, let's do some mind work. Let's, let's think about this because this is holding you back from being the parent. You want to be for your son and, and what he wants to be for you. And we were able to like come through that. And, and that relationship was able to heal because, uh, because he started to see like, oh, I understand that that my son likes things done a certain way and he's kind of rigid in these areas and that's okay. And the best way to help him become more flexible is to keep going. And I told him, I was like, you're going to, I want you to do it five more times. And I want you, I want you to support him through those routines five more times. And by the fourth time, you're going to see that he's totally accepting of it. And I was wrong by the second time, the next time that he did the routine, Uh, his son was so much better with the routine. And and he, you know, this dad was like, Oh my gosh, I was wrong this whole time. And it was like, keeping me back from everything. And play got better. And his son started following directions better. And it was it was all around so much better. But um, that was a recent, like, that was so good for me, but I, it was all based on that mindset that we were just talking about of like yeah. these things that we're keeping dad was trying to do all of these things, but becoming so discouraged because in the back of his head, his brain was telling him, my son hates me and doesn't want anything to do with like yeah. me. So that was really life-changing for me. Yeah. But especially and for them for, too. I'm so great.
0: Yeah. Like that's a really beautiful story because they were able to heal and bond and, yeah. you know, Oh, that's such a great story. Yeah. No, I I love that story. Yeah. <laughs> um so basically so why are you the best option for parents who are looking for assistance for their artistic child?
1: Yeah, I think there there might be a number of scenarios. If you're feeling, you know, if you're having these situations where you have these pervasive thoughts that are keeping you back, like like come to me, let's let's work on those. Let's get you let's get you more you know, more resilient so that you can be there for your child like you want to be. If you're feeling that exhaustion, if you're feeling that burnout frequently, if you're feeling that discouragement all the time, let's get your mind in the right place. Um, There might be other situations. Um... For instance, where I live, um, it's really, really common that you will get a diagnosis of autism uh, in your family. And then in order to start ABA, you're maybe waitlisted for six to nine months. If you want to get a jump jumpstart in, in creating a therapeutic environment in your home, in your family, before you even start services, let's do it. Um, I think that that's a great idea. The more information that you can get yourself consuming about this, the more power you have for your child, the better you can advocate for their needs. Uh, Maybe you are receiving ABA services, but you just wish that there was more training options for you as a parent. That's why I started this. Uh, Let's Let's support you so that you can better support everything that you are doing in in therapy with your child and so that you can better advocate of like, hey, you know what, Um, ABA providers, I would really like to work on this certain behavior and I'd like to do it in this certain way and I've seen success with this. That's also really, really great for ABA providers to see you as Uh, as a strong advocate for your child, see you as a knowledgeable source that they can count on uh, as they continue to provide ABA services. Maybe you haven't had a super um, positive experience with an ABA provider. There are some out there that maybe are not doing the best possible work that they could. And you knowing uh, how to do what your child needs, you knowing how to teach your child new things, better ways of getting around, better ways of getting their needs met is going to be the best thing that you can possibly do if you're looking for another provider or if you're just wanting to see what you can do on your own. Um, everybody needs support with these things. Um, and if you find yourself wanting that that professional touch as you continue to move maneuver around this, uh, this diagnosis and for your child, uh, that that's why we're here that's what we do so
0: awesome Andrea that's so awesome thank you for all that information it was wonderful and I have four questions I ask all my guests and I can't wait to know what your answers are so my first question to you is who and what inspires you
1: um I feel like I've I've had a couple mentors one of my biggest mentors right now um She's, uh, her name is Courtney gray and you can find her at Courtney gray coaching, but she, um, has been amazing to help me be able to manage my mind better around things around starting this business around all of this stuff. She's, um, she is really, really awesome. Um, and she's very, very woman empowered in in all of her messages. So she's super great. I love her.
0: Yeah. I love Courtney too. She's been on the show. I think she is awesome too. If you ever want to check out, um, great answer. I love that. And then, so my second question to you is what is something you wished you knew when you were younger?
1: Something I wish I knew when I was younger, I feel like when I was younger and maybe this will apply to, to some of your people who are listening in, but I feel like when I was younger, my brain would tell me, you know, if you don't have it right the first time, Um, It's going to be a big problem. And it really stopped me from taking action. Mm -hmm. And I wish that when I was younger, I would have known that taking action and making mistakes is part of the process and part of, of learning. And sometimes the only way that you can get it right is to get it wrong the first time. And (laughs) And that's maybe not fun, but that's more what I live by now. Um, and, and it's a lot more active oriented. It's a, it's a lot less passive and and I'm finding a lot more success in, in those in those thoughts rather than waiting till I have things perfect.
0: Yeah, no, that's always a great reminder because like you said, everything's mental and we gotta work through those mental blocks and barriers. And that's yep. one of them. Yeah, um, for real. So my third question is what's the essential part of your daily routine?
1: Um, uh, journaling. Um, that is how I get my mind straight and I'll write down all of my thoughts, good, bad, indifferent, ugly, pretty. It doesn't matter. Um, that is huge for me. That's where I can sit there and be like, am I really thinking that? Oh my goodness. And being able to just be aware of my thoughts and and being able to be an observer rather than just like jumping from thought to thought and just, a wild mess. I feel like that is something that for me is so important to help me be aware of, of my thoughts and making sure that my thoughts are serving me and that I'm not the servant to my thoughts. Oh, I like that.
0: Um, (laughs) and then my fourth last final question is, um, the best advice you've ever received.
1: I think the best advice I've ever received is that creating value in your environment is the best possible way that you can help everyone around you Mm -hmm. and I think that there's a lot of people at least growing up there was a lot of people that you know oh be be humble and be modest and I I interpreted that as uh being self-deprecating and and oh no I don't have any abilities oh no you know don't you know whatever and um I think that when I heard that, I, I started to realize that I was holding myself back, but I was also not offering help and value that I could mm-hmm. uh, to the world. And that was a big mistake. There were a lot of people that, that possibly suffered because I wasn't sharing what I knew. I wasn't helping where I could. And, and so I, I feel like that, that is some of my favorite advice right now that I've received.
0: Perfect. I love that. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for being our special guest on this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. And if you would like to reach out to her, all of her links are down below in the show notes. Don't be shy. Go say hi. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of Not Your Mama's Podcast. And I'll see you in the next one. Thanks, guys.